0: On the left side, Stone,
1: to the right, back and front, they score!
2: Tick-tack-toe to Donna, back to Stone! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Theodore finds Wa in the slot, an overtime hero against Montreal, sets it up for Theodore, he scores! Vegas wins in overtime. Shea
3: Theodore, the hero. From the Bentley Chevrolet, Fox
1: Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your
2: hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
1: Let's get back to it. The Vegas Golden Knights conversation coming off the win over the San Jose Sharks. 11 straight head-to-head. Over the San Jose Sharks. It is one of those (laughs) bizarre streaks. Uh, I was talking last night on the television side of it, off air, with Derek Englund and Darren Elliott. Uh, It's Darren Miller, by the way, with Ryan Wallace and uh, Chris uh, Chapman here in Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. There was a time when the Calgary Flames didn't win in Anaheim for, I I, want to say it was since 1952, they, they they went uh, they went between 1952 and 2016 without winning in Anaheim, and that uh, encompassed uh, the Getzlav era and the, the Pronger era and the Niedermeyer, all that kind of stuff. But it was it was strange. And but, it, but I, I'm serious. It was it was about it was about 12 it, it was, years where, where they didn't win. A, it was
0: a it was a 29 game losing streak. Yeah, at Honda Center.
1: They That's went 0 17 and 5. 17 and five incredible over over those regular season games so I've seen these mm-hmm. types of streaks and Philadelphia and and Pittsburgh had a similar one where Pittsburgh didn't win forever in Philadelphia and yeah. Phil Bork uh my buddy there uh, he was part of that and he said like they, they they tried everything uh short of uh sacrificing one of uh Oh, what's his name's chickens uh, that he races uh, on, on the morning show over at ESPN? Those wow. fake chickens—they're not real chickens, yep. okay? Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're fake chickens. Yep. He—he uh, he won't be happy wow. with me. I'll, I'll tell, tell him about that tomorrow. But they—they—they they, they couldn't win there. But this—this thing—it's 16 straight games with points for Vegas against San Jose, and 11 straight wins. And I was thinking. I didn't want to build it up too much last night because you're like, oh, this is going to end at some point, and and Vegas doesn't have that swagger right now. Uh, I don't want to build up the streak and have everybody like, oh, now we, we can't even beat San Jose. So I'm so happy that they came out and played such a great game. And it was a no-doubter. For for that game, that felt like a 10-1 game to me mm-hmm. in watching mm-hmm. and and taking in the performance last night for the Vegas Golden Knights, it wasn't
0: 3-1. No. No, not even close. Uh, I, it was a dominant performance from the Golden Knights in all three zones. They were really good in the neutral zone. They were fantastic holding on of pucks in the offensive zone. Um, and then defensively, um, you know, they didn't give San Jose much of anything. The only goal comes on something of a broken play.
1: Um, and, and that count. was really you should it, be able to uh, challenge that again. Shouldn't count. Yeah. Uh, but well, I mean, no they weren't
0: even trying to score. It, no 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 no. Noah Gregor was actually trying to score. Nick Benino was trying his best to make the play impossible and and no. bad, but uh, you know, Noah Gregor to his credit actually put the puck he was aiming for the net. So there's at least that. Um Nick Benino not aiming to make the pass to Noah Gregor. But anyway, um you know, I mean the fact of the matter is like you know I I'm looking at how the Golden Knights defend more than anything else and obviously that stems from spending a lot of time in the offensive zone. The best defense is a good offense or at least spending a lot of time with the puck on your stick in, in 200 feet away from your net. So I thought the Golden Knights passed with flying colors there last night. It was two games in a row that they have defended incredibly well, especially in the neutral zone for me. Um, that's what I've been wanting to see all year long from the Golden Knights is is a couple of games strung together where they are defending well, only five high-danger chances for San Jose in that game, and that, to me, feels even generous based on how little uh, San Jose generated. So, um, yeah, I, I, I look at that game last night. It's, it's 3-1 on the scoreboard, sure, but it, it was uh, as, as dominant the performances you're going to find from the Golden Knights all year long.
1: I, I won't spend too much time on the defensive side because it was fairly obvious, but in the last four periods, Ryan, Going back to the third period against Colorado, they've surrendered three shots, Yeah. then four shots, six shots, six shots last night. Yeah. 21 yeah. shots in the last four periods. And I loved what Pete DeBoer said to Ashley Vice after the game. Was 500th win. You're going to take it in. It's a milestone. It's great to get it. Uh, certainly after a, a couple of cracks and it's, It's a handful of guys in the history of the world have done it, but that it came in one of those Pete DeBoer type games where Mm -hmm. you had the puck all the time and you locked it down defensively. Uh, He really, I think, appreciated that part of it as much as getting his 500th win.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I mean, you, you kind of want it to be a signature victory, right? Like you you don't want to have a, a, a kind of a fluky win for five hundred. I, I would suppose, and I, I think for me, um, if if I were in a position to knock off a milestone, I'd want it to be in the fashion that it was last night for the Golden Knights and Pete Bowler.
1: Well, it's kind of because funny because his first win came in overtime. And it was a mm-hmm. scrambly type game against the Atlanta Thrashers when he was coaching the, the Florida Panthers. Uh three two back on October eleventh, uh, two thousand eight. David Booth scored uh, the second of his two goals in, in mm-hmm. that game. Uh this one, uh, uh a lot a lot more dialed in. Uh boy could could he ever uh tell us himself a story from 2008 imagine if he phoned up the guy in 2022 and said, Hey, you're going to be exiting a pandemic and you're not going to have uh, (laughs) two of your best players and your goaltender hasn't played for 20 days. And uh, you're, you're in a situation where you've, you've slipped a third in the division and you're the heavy favorite. Um, Pete might've, if, if he was, the 2008 Pete's probably saying, I'm not going to stick around here for a thousand games of this. Uh, (laughs) It's way too stressful, Uh, but but they got through it. And it was, it was like Jack Eichel. I want to talk about in, in a second, but Mm -hmm. that was as vintage of a performance by the misfits as we've witnessed all year. They were buzzing.
0: They were phenomenal. I mean, they were so, so good. And, you know you just got the sense that it was inevitable that they would break through that that they would find a way to impact that game on the score sheet and just the way that they were able to stretch the ice open things up in transition they were fantastic the passing was crisp it was everything that you've like Wanted to see from the Misfits It was a vintage performance, the goals that they scored It's vintage Misfit uh, Magic, and you know For me, it w- was nice to see because I'll tell you, since kind of coming back Into the lineup against Colorado um, And then certainly last night against San Jose I think John so might be um, might be in the running for the most consistent and best player up front for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's been making plays in in so many different ways, um, and and he was just on one last night too.
1: The the, the tip play by Carlson to Riley Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know whether yeah. that's a set play or not. It it really did look like it, but yeah. in talking to Riley Smith. He says Carlson's not really interested in the set plays and Marshall <laughs> wants to shoot the puck. And, and so that's why they get the, Marshall the puck a lot. But that, that was beautiful. And it, it did look like Carlson was trying to tip it to Riley Smith the way it turned out. He could have been just trying to tip it on, on goal. But it was, uh, I, I thought it was awesome the way they, they picked up the six points in, in the two goals.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that there there was something to be said for that goal specifically as being a goal that came after some sustained zone time. It wasn't a direct result of a rush chance that the Golden Knights were able to convert. I think over the last couple of games, with the amount of zone time that the Golden Knights have had, you want to see more goals that come from set-up pieces in the offensive zone. The fact that the Misfits were able to break through in that regard, I, I'd like to think can, can maybe... Rub off on everybody else because, you know, you, you look at one thing I think from last night that maybe you want to to improve upon or build upon. It's the fact that the Golden Knights had a ton of offensive zone time and created a lot of chances, but still weren't able to get more uh, than than just a couple goal yeah. lead in this game. So you know there were certainly chances there. You mentioned it could have been ten to one. It's legitimately true. It could have been that. Um, so now it's it's up to the Golden Knights to to keep refining that process and get themselves to where um, that sustained offensive zone time leads to um, chances that are finding the back of the net more
1: regularly. Yeah, it, it felt like a 10-1 game. I'm not sure they had <laughs> enough chances to make a 10-1. It should have been more than 3-1, uh, that's for sure. And yet Zach Sachenko going into the goal uh, for San Jose in, in the second and third periods. We had a bug watch going on last night. Did you have it uh, on, on your side of it?
0: Uh no I I mean I didn't I I, I kind of uh, just believed that Sachenko would would find a way to finish the game.
1: Mm. We 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 were fully engaged in trying to track down the e bug.
0: <laughs> in, in 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 fairness, like in in watching San Jose play, like that might have been more entertaining. I get it.
1: I uh I have a buddy who's one of the uh one of the e bugs. Uh, so I, I was curious whether he was on because mm-hmm. they rotate around. Sure. And he wasn't last night. He, he was uh, not at the game last night. He was making dinner. He's like, what's up? Why are you calling me during the game? I'm like, dude, are you, are you the e-bug tonight? I'm like, no, I'm cooking dinner. I'm like, ah, darn it, because rhymer has gone down. I was uh, trying to track down. Uh, let's get into, uh, do you want to do ratings now, or do you want yeah. to do Jack Eichel?
0: Uh, let's go ratings. Okay. Come on. And let's let's uh, break it
1: up. Let's give Chapman a chance to talk. Uh, which one? No, Chapman and I did a lot of talking during the last commercial break, but everything's good. We had we had a fight, and now now we're good. Uh, let's go to the, uh, the the ratings on the VGK Insider Show.
2: You see what I do that time with the pepper? You see what I do with the pepper? The people, the people, they want the pepper. All right, they want the pepper.
1: Chapman and I can work through things like like no two people can. Hey.
2: Yeah, I, I, like we, I think we go so. back and yeah.
1: forth. We fire stuff at each other, and then we come out with a settlement.
2: Yeah, I mean. The the thing is, neither one of us really get too heated. No, like
1: I probably get a little more, a little more pissy than you.
2: Yeah, well, you you are kind of whiny, but yeah, yeah I I. It's a good point. But yeah, I, I I I think the the nice thing is there's not a lot of heat when no. when uh, not not like the heat that I'm going to give for my rating because
1: oh you going big
2: yeah I'm going to go Carolina Reaper and I think not for the reasons why. You, you you may think I thought it was a really you, you, you spent so much time defending your well your well picks. no because I think I think a lot of people would say oh well you know the goals are really good or whatever and yeah the goals were really good I thought <sighs> I thought they 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 were really good in transition I thought defensively it was one of the better games that they've played I mean you you kind of mentioned it it was kind of a a goofy busted play that San Jose scored their goal on I thought Robin Leonard was was good in his return and I think that's part of what goes into my rating. The fact that it was a return for Robin Leonard. He gets the W in his first game in a couple of weeks. Pete DeBoer gets win number five hundred. The fourth line scores a goal, which is always a positive, I think. And I, I, I think getting six points from the misfit line, two points each, I think that that's kind of what you need. They're 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 the line that kind of drives the team. And right now with with all the injuries, they're the line that needs to perform, especially against bad teams, and they got the job done. So for me it's it's pretty simple. It's Carolina Reaper. Ryan.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with, with Chapman's rating. I, I'm going Carolina Reaper as well. Two I, I five out that, of fives? Yeah, two five out of fives. Again, it, it was a no-doubter. I, I think the only thing I look at and I say I want more of is is finding the back of the net with a bit more regularity off of the, the sustained offensive zone time, but the fact that the Golden Knights were able to control the game and that's now twice in a row, the fact that they've been able to defend well now twice in a row um, – I, I you, you know me as a process guy. I thought the process has been good for the Golden Knights the last two games. They get the result last night, and, and I do think that their game is starting to round into form. I think that they're going to start kind of producing similar types of games night in and night out. And, you know, for me, getting to see the Misfits absolutely shred the San Jose Sharks. It never gets, killed. it's always fun. And for that, it's a Carolina
1: Reaper. I'll go f- clean sweep. 15 points, five out of five uh, from all three of us. And what I liked about it was it was a close to perfect defensive game. I'll always go to, uh, I'd I'd like some more goals, but close to a perfect game as you can get. And they had that earlier this year against uh, Anaheim. And this was right up there. Uh, with with that performance uh, this season, and with with all due respect to the return of of Robin Leonard and what uh, Chris Chapman said about uh, that that Leonard was really good, there's there's part of me that that would say that Vegas made the return of Robin Leonard irrelevant last night. They were mm-hmm. they were that yeah, good. I challenged I, I challenged, challenged England and Elliot to give me the the best save for Leonard on, on the post game show, and it was. A, a save late in the third period. But yeah. by then, I mean, that that's important because you don't let them get within one and pull the goalie and have a chance to tie it. But that, that's how good they were defensively in, in protecting the house and controlling the, the pace of the play.
0: Yeah, I, I think if, if, and I'm not sure if it's the same play, but it's it's the pad save that he made yeah. right before Jonathan Marcheseau misses the, the empty net. Like that, to me, was you got the... It important save you needed from Robin Leonard and it comes in the waning moments of the game it comes with a two goal lead it comes in a six on five situation so it's not like uh, you know a, a run of normal gameplay or anything like that but that that really is the one that stands out to me and in fairness he got it which is great um, but you're you're right you're spot on there Darren the way that the golden Knights defended in front of Robin Leonard, um is the way that you want to play because it allows Robin to make the saves he has to make the he should make, and you're not asking him to make two or three or four or five saves that, you know, y- you hope he makes, but y- you don't fault him if he can't, because there are saves that many goaltenders aren't going to make.
2: Chapman. Yeah, uh, Ryan, you mentioned the scoring, and I, I kind of want to ask you guys this, and-, and AT&T last night, they showed the stat where the team scored... I think it was over four goals a game in December and February. Those numbers were were down. That was a great a, graph. Around two, but I want to ask you because you guys would definitely know better than me. How much of that, I don't want to say lack of scoring, but I will say lack of scoring comes from the fact that in December they played 13 games in the month of December. No, it's
1: goals per goals per game. Oh, you and, mean and
2: so? So how much of of the lack of scoring comes from the fact that they just haven't had? The ability to get into any routine, like in December, so they, so. they played a ton of games. Yeah. But February, it was kind of like like just a weird setup for them, where they they played like a game or two, and then they were four or five days, and then they'd play again, and they were oh, off.
1: I think this this team was totally knocked out of kilter with the eight game homestand. Mm-hmm. They ended up uh, was supposed to be six, and then ended up being eight, and they knew that they were going to be there for for the eight from the, from the very start. I think that laid the groundwork for just being out of out of rhythm.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that there's there's something to be said about um, the, the regular pace and flow of an NHL season. And the Golden Knights weren't in it for an entire month, right? Like, we're talking about the entire month of February being just starts and stops and unique and different. And you know what? It's not so much an excuse as it's just the reality of the situation of what the Golden Knights were were up against. And for me, I I wouldn't be surprised if they get their game to the level you expect and want it to be because they're going to be playing
1: now. And and that's the important part. And there's going to be a time where fatigue is going to set in and you're going to have the other end of the spectrum of being challenged to be fresh and uh, be on top of your game after you've been worn down in 16 games in, in 30 days, that's, that's going to become a reality, but the sweet spot will be in these next two weeks and, and where you can, where you can find your game. But I've, I've talked to players and talked and heard firsthand how, uncomfortable the schedule has been compared to what they've been used to.
0: Yeah, and you know, to, to, to your point about fatigue, you're, you're absolutely right, except for when you look at the Golden Knights and how they're built right now, that's why you want to the ability to lean on a fourth line that can score, a fourth line that can give you more than six to, to eight minutes a night, and a fourth line that you can truly roll over in a game to kind of save some of those heavier, harder minutes for your top six or your top nine or however you want to distinguish it on this Golden Knights team. Uh, it should keep you fresher because you're allocating the minutes a little bit more evenly across all four of your lines.
2: And just a question about the fatigue, and, and maybe I'm, I'm just looking at it very simplistically, but... Wouldn't every other team in the league kind of be going through a similar thing because of the fact that the schedule was always going to be condensed this time of the year following the Olympic – well, the supposed Olympic break that was supposed to take place? And I'm guessing some of the Canadian teams are maybe going to feel it a little more yeah, because
1: – Yeah, but you're all you're only as tired as what you're feeling.
2: Yeah, but but every team is going to yeah. go through the fatigue, I would imagine.
1: To a certain extent, extent yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe not to, well, to 16 the, the games that, in 30 the, days, but
1: well, I
0: mean, when you look at the Calgary Flames, how many games did they have to make up in the month of February, and then you look at their schedule in March and April, like they're they're going to have a three month grind, whereas the Golden Knights are going to have essentially a two month grind. Like there's there's I think benefit for Vegas in that situation, but I think once you get to the to the mid to to late stages of March and the early stage of it, to stages of April everyone's going to be exhausted you're, you're going to be fighting exhaustion every single night and it's going to be no different across all the different teams in the nhl it's just whoever's going to be able to manage it the best and whoever's going to be able to get through it the the most consistently is going to be the teams that that rise to to the the top of their divisions let's bring in
1: pete DeBoer on this subject uh, who talked today off of his 500th victory as a national hockey league head coach uh, about the schedule and the challenge
3: big test i mean and- the whole month, uh, we talked to our players this morning just about making sure that we're making good decisions off the ice. Uh, this is really going to test our energy, our depth, um, you know, all those things. So I think guys are excited about playing; they want to play games. Uh, but this is a this is a big test the next two months.
1: And one of those players is Jack Eichel. Six games in, and uh, and he's still like. Going, I I think I can't imagine what Jack Eichel feels like going to the rink every day. He must be like so, just so giddy. Uh, playoff race, mm-hmm. uh, surrounded by uh, all this talent and organization that that that's all in. Uh, he's uh, he's part of uh, uh, the team with with Robin Leonard last night for the first time. So it's uh, it's all coming together, uh, but. The head coach, even though Jack hasn't uh, played in in a while before this last little stretch, uh, they've got to monitor his fitness and uh, and his uh, level of fatigue.
0: Well, for sure you're you're talking about you know going from 0 to 100 in in about 10 days and and that's kind of what it's been for Jack Eichel but it, you know I, I think that it, there's a player there that is just so excited to be playing hockey that he's he's going to do everything he can and wants to do everything that he can to to get himself ready to go and and play at the highest level and you know, it's it's going to be there. Will, there there is going to be inevitably be a moment where Jack Eichel is going to get tired. There's going to be a moment where the amount of games, the rigor of the the schedule down the stretch, is going to sap energy from him. And it's going to be on uh, on the coaching staff to kind of recognize that and maybe peel back the minutes here and there when needed in order to keep Jack Eichel fresh down the down the stretch here.
1: Uh, it wasn't today that day that he's going to be tired because it was a full option and uh he was out there he's pete DeBoer talking about jack eichel
3: i think he's gotten better and better every night out i think uh you know he's getting more comfortable every time he he plays a game in both the physical element but also within our systems and our expectations there and and the work uh that he needs uh to do away from the puck uh you know in order to fit with what we're trying to do here and he's got no uh, the one thing about him you know he works you know if anything i talked to him today about trying to stay off the ice i mean he's the last guy off the ice almost every day he wants to get out there and work
1: yeah they did a big uh, shootout drill at the end of practice today Mm -hmm. one by one players left jack's still out there doing that doing other drills uh, he's a, he's a worker bee. He's just I I think he I think part of it is his work ethic. I think part mm-hmm. of it's just he's digging this. It's yeah. so good. And I wanted to talk about Jack and his performance last night. There is a couple of shifts where again mm-hmm. you're seeing another layer, almost game by game, in in his performance. And last night you witnessed his ability to control the puck in zone. And he does it without taking strides. And I kept going back to it with Derek England. And I think he was getting tired of me bringing it up, but I don't understand yeah. how he circles the entire zone around and around and never takes a stride because he's just pushing on his outside edges. And he's got that, that strong base, but there's, there's a part of it when I watched last night, where I think the Vegas players as much as the San Jose players are still trying to figure out, like San Jose is trying to figure out what he's going to do next, I think the Vegas mm-hmm. players are too, because they're still really getting used to uh, what he can and cannot do. And Elliot pointed out there's a couple of occasions where Jack gave up the puck and went to a spot and was was looking to get it back, and there he didn't. And there's there's part of that learning curve. With trying to figure out how to best take advantage of Jack Eichel's game,
0: yeah, I, I think I think you're right on the money, and and Elliot's right on the money. Like there are there are moments within the offense within the game in the offensive zone where Jack Eichel is looking to create, and he is he is either moving around and looking for players in in positions or situations where I think he expects them to be, but they're not there yet. Right. Or there are moments where where Jack is expecting the puck or wanting the puck in a situation where it just doesn't come to him. And it's only going to get better the more and more he gets to play with in this in this instance, Dodonov and Stevenson. Um, And you hope that that chemistry can start to build a little bit quicker and a little bit quicker, because once it does by virtue of the plays that Jack's making, by virtue of the speed that that line has, uh, it, it should start to connect. It, sh- it should start to work in, in goals being put on the board. Um, but you uh, uh, the, the, the other point to that, too, is that Jack can do it himself, too. I mean, there was that play, right, just inside the blue line, ripping an absolute shot off of the yeah. post and, and the ability to, okay, if it's not really going, if the chemistry maybe isn't where you want it to be, he can take it one on four, rip one, and score. So, like you're you're seeing all these different facets of his game, and you're you're just hoping that that chemistry kind of drops and everybody is on the same page and knows how to play with one another.
1: I would never tell somebody who's new to hockey uh, up to watch for this because it's so like such an outlier uh, play. But I love judging shots that hit the post or crossbar and where they end up, and that that shot off the crossbar last night. Went up, yeah. like, four stories. It, it was just, boom. It was like, wow. Did, like, that was a Did it ripper. go over the net? It was a rip. Did ripper. it go over the net? I, I It might have. I can't remember. Uh, but I just saw it oh. go up, and uh, it's like, wow, that thing just... Took off four shots last night uh, for Jack Eichel and 19 minutes. Uh, when we continue, we're going to get into Robin Lanner but in one-timer segment because it involves some <laughs> league news and uh, a league story and a little bit about uh, his post postgame uh, comments last night. Uh, but before we go to break, uh, we have uh, two sets of tickets to see the Golden Knights face the Ottawa Senators. This is a, for a Sunday afternoon game. Uh, late Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. we'll give away one of those uh, sets of tickets right now. 702-876-1340. What number would you like to uh, to invite the callers for the winning call? Uh, let's go nine. Nine. There we are. 702-876-1340. Call us now, and we'll give you one set of tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights take on the Ottawa Senators on Sunday. One-timers coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He
2: scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul
1: Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee. Let's get into it, and uh, let's start with the Robin Leonard angle, who returned last night after 20 days off and uh, recorded his 20th victory of the season. Uh, He was out with an upper body injury and uh, stepped in and won that game last night, and his team uh, did a really good job in front of him. After the contest, uh, he was asked about uh, his situation and his recovery, and uh, there's also this side of it where there was a report, well, Robin Leonard was uh, from the team that the uh, injury was more serious than it turned out to be. And Robin managed to put everything into one beautiful crock pot and stir it up and make a spicy chili out of it.
3: Uh, here's Robin Leonard last night. It's a better question for Frank Saravelli, my doctor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I'm not gonna <clears throat> talk about injuries. Obviously, what the doctor Saravelli was saying wasn't true. So, uh, obviously, I w- I haven't had a surgery, so I'm good. Frank Cervelli is a media (laughs)
1: member uh, on the East Coast and uh, runs a a website. used to work in in Canada a little bit, uh, Philadelphia area. Uh, We all know uh, Frank, and he came out with the report. Uh, Frank's been on the money on on a couple of different things, but uh, when it comes to the Robin Leonard situation, a little bit of a, a miss, and Leonard, that was not one of those just trying to be funny moments. That was a opportunity to let frank saravelli know that he wasn't pleased
0: yeah yeah and and to be honest it, he shouldn't be right like i it, it's a situation where you know we we dealt with that report in real time when it when it happened and we dealt with the response from general manager kelly mccrimmon especially surrounding where the golden knights might have been looking if they were looking for goaltenders because of how delicate that situation is here in this market with the guy that was traded and robin Leonard who's here now so i I think that there's a lot of layers to this but the fact of the matter is um i think that that was a moment for robin Leonard to to make it known i saw it it's not true Let's move on now.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
1: well done. Yeah, I'm not sure Robin's ready to move on just yet. Huh, I think okay. that, I think fair. this may resurface uh, a couple more times. And and look, uh, <laughs> we we have we have relationships in this business as media members, mm-hmm. where uh, we are able to compile our information. Frank uh, has his relationships. Uh, I have my relationships. You have yours. Uh, you yeah. you and. Some of what Frank has reported has been right. Uh, Some of it uh, has been uh, uh, less than than accurate. And he opted to go with that report. And you saw uh, by by Robin Letter returning last night that it was uh, far from from accurate. But it did get a chance. It's like, uh, I don't think anybody was expecting it. (laughs) I I wasn't. And it was one of those ones where I wish there there was the little GoPro camera on the set. Elliot and England and I were watching it. Because you would have got one kind of uh, heck of a reaction uh, out of it uh, from the three of us, and then you heard the chuckles uh, within the media room uh, last night. We'll see. Um, I would assume, I would guess, that it would be Leonard tomorrow night against the Boston Bruins, and then yeah. Rousseau on Friday against Anaheim. But I don't, I don't know for sure.
0: That's how I'd run it. So it'll probably be the opposite. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I don't, but, I don't even uh, think there's a right or wrong way of that. Brusque has played so great lately, yeah, and he's yeah, in a rhythm. I, I and, and, and Boston's uh, obviously playing playing well last night. Lost mm-hmm. last night to to Anaheim, but uh, I, this is this is unique because Leonard's just coming back uh, from from his injury. Um, maybe, maybe you do go Brassois, uh tomorrow. I, the, it, I I wouldn't criticize either one of them. I
0: think there's merit and pros and cons to both, um, ideas, whether you, you go to Leonard tomorrow or Brossois tomorrow. Um, you know, you, you look at it a couple of different ways, right? You've got, uh, I think I would argue the better team tomorrow in the Boston Bruins, but, uh, the, the game on Friday, it's a divisional opponent. You need to have kind of your, your, your focus on that game and getting two points and not going to overtime and all that. So, um, I can see both angles, but I think if it were me, I'd want Robin Leonard to work himself into a rhythm as quickly as possible. And I think the best way to do that is to get another start against the Boston Bruins tomorrow. And then, um, you know, you play on Sunday against the Ottawa Senators and you get Loren kind of working into what his natural rhythm would be um,
1: as this team's backup. Why the Capitals are in a bit of danger right now? Like out of playoff No, no, no. Like oh, walk. Come, come on. Columbus and Patrick Liney are firing. I'm here, aren't I? Yeah. <sighs> oh, okay. So Liney, yeah. Liney's contract, Liney's contract's up. Uh huh. Yeah. Columbus has watched like player after player after player after player. But Rick Nash's uh, jersey retirement is this weekend. My buddy Doug McLean's going oh. there uh, for that. Nice. Uh, but uh, Liney. Would would you trade Lining, or would you re-sign Lining? He's so hot and cold. I Mm -hmm. I don't. I will say this: there, when when you're hot, when you're going, Mm -hmm. there's no better player in the league than Patrick Lining, and that's that's Connor, that's uh, Alex, that's Stammer, that's Kucherov, everybody. Nobody gets Mm, on a heater. Say Matthews or Matthews, 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 anybody. Mm. Uh, talked about him. Yeah. There's no player that gets it going in the right direction but like Patrick Laney. Like, there was one November sure. where, where yeah. he just tore up the league and then didn't score for two months. Yeah, he scored, well, like 25 goals yes. in one month. Yeah. And then nothing the rest he's, of the year. He's league. on one yeah. of those right now. Yeah. Here's what I'd I do it. if I'm Washington. I would trade for mm. Patrick Laney. What? <laughs> Then you guarantee okay. yourself making the playoffs. There's no way Columbus is gonna catch you.
0: Darren, um, Darren the, the the Washington Capitals are are eight points ahead of the Columbus Blue I know. Jackets. And as much as you you are talking and gushing about Patrick Line, and I think it's well deserved, he's he's been great over the last stretch, uh, you just you you literally just spoke about an instance where Patrick Line was on a heater like he was or like he is right now, and then he went cold for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I think the Washington Capitals are going to be just fine.
1: Oh, not according to their general manager. (laughs) Okay. Said today? No. So this is Brian McClellan. (laughs) My mindset would be we're not as aggressive as we normally are. This is talking about the trade deadline. Uh, I think it really has to make sense at the beginning of the year. I'd say we were a legit legit contender. There's probably three or four teams there at the next level. We're not at the next level. We're at the high end of that next level of the teams, but we're not at the next level.
0: Well, there's something to be said about being self-aware.
1: Yeah, that's good. I don't know whether they're going to get a goalie so like, or not.
0: So, so your your response to that is to go out and get Patrick Liney? Yeah, we're not going to be we're not going to be busy at the deadline. We're not going to really go out there and be aggressive because we know we're not a contender. Hey, well, let's add Patrick Line I, I think fold. that's Come I on. think
1: that's a smoke screen. <laughs> I think it's a total okay. smokescreen.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think marc Andre Fleury is probably the the bigger answer to their problem. But you know, that's me. Like I, again, I, I'm, when, when you've Fleury's got out of oh, is this in, inside information? That's that we, where I'm, I think that. that's
1: where I think he ends up.
0: Oh, look at you!
1: I'm taking, I'm taking my shot right there. You're,
0: you're gonna get radioed. Like you, you said that as like a as like a it is happening. So, yeah. Somebody radio Darren Millard on this, please.
2: What does that mean? Yeah, I'm wondering that, myself.
0: That you're you're seriously, people are going to pull that clip out of context oh. and say Darren Millard reports that marc Andre Fleury oh, no, is going to. His, I'm not reporting. I'm not
1: reporting that. I just, know what? Um, I, that, I, my my prediction is he ends up in Minnesota.
2: I'm going to clip that and tweet it out as <laughs> yeah. if yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're in trouble. That's now, what man. I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> well, then we will radio have Millard. Fight. Please. Yeah, I won't do that. Yeah. By the way, can can Washington start winning some games at home? Their record is atrocious at home. They're only oh one. They're, they're like 12, 11 and five, and it seems like they haven't won a game at all since Chapman. Yes, Chapman.
0: I'd, I'd be really, really cautious about complaining about teams not winning
1: games at home.
2: Uh, listen, we're talking about the Washington Capitals. We're Didn't not talking we talk about, about other this teams.
1: Yesterday, too.
2: Yeah, they're they just the lost six in a row. They're just terrible at home. They're actually really yeah, good on did. the road, but terrible at home. All that pressure of playing in D.C. I guess.
1: I tell you if he ends up in Minnesota, you guys are gonna go. Oh, what a genius! No, no,
0: no it, like it's great if it, it does. Makes I'm sense. just saying, like, you're mm. you're you're emphatic. Flurry's going to Minnesota. That's <laughs> just a great yeah. clip. And it's come, not like oh, Cam
2: Talbot on. is chopped liver. I mean, he's a pretty good goalie, all star. Yeah. yeah. It, for the people that say year.
1: that's uh, the cap issue, you can move money around. You can move money.
0: I mean, the Golden Knights have Jack Eichel. Yeah. Of course you can make it work.
1: Uh, We've got tickets to give away to the Ottawa Senators-Vegas Golden Knights game. Uh, We are going to go with... uh... Number six for Wade Redden. The caller number six to 702 876 1340. This is the third set of tickets we've given away today to a National Hockey League game involving the uh, the Golden Knights. That's so cool. Like, you listen to us, you get informed, you get entertained, and you get tickets. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, so give us a call right now 702 876 1340. One timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chapman's next. <laughs>
2: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. We have more tickets to give away tomorrow, Christopher. Yeah, hi, Darren. I I, I had something planned, but I know Ryan now has some breaking news that we're going to go to. Do, 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 do. What's the breaking hey, why news? Why don't Ryan? you
1: have a sound effect? You have a sound effect for everything, but you don't have that.
2: Yeah. Well, because I
1: seriously, <laughs> it's it's not like crazy breaking news. I just
0: I found it really funny. It um, is funny. So just a a few minutes ago, about four minutes ago, uh, Charlie Rumaliotis, uh, tweeted out that, uh, uh, Mark Andre Fleury is reportedly leaning towards finishing the season in mm. Chicago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny in in so in so much as that that Darren Millard, at, at about the same sides, uh, at about the same time as the tweet was sent out, said that uh, Mark Andre Fleury was going to Minnesota. And so. the confidence all that, that he does said is drive of- up, that
1: <laughs> all that does is drive up the price for the Chicago Blackhawks to to get more in return. Sure. It's yeah. all part of the plan, <laughs> you guys.
2: Sure.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I hey, get it. We got we I got get 20 it. days. It we got fun. 20 days until the trade deadline. By we'll the way, see what happens?
2: The the catching up with Chapman was going to be that it's the first time I've seen Jack Eichel play in a few years, and the first thing that popped out at me is, my God, is he so fast? Like the the amount of distance he covers in such a short period of time, explosive. It's so cool to watch. I've talked into two
1: mics this entire show. Yeah, I know because I never know which one you and Jared. I, I, I you and Jared it. work. Uh, I had it to the totally side. Different. You
2: grab it, pull it in. Because I, I don't
1: know. I don't trust you guys now. I, I know. think you're setting me up to fail. Mm. Hey, uh, tomorrow night, six o'clock game. Six o'clock game. T-Mobile, Vegas, Boston.